Welcome to Crossed Over, the show where you hear stories of people who have been transformed by Jesus Christ, who have truly crossed over from death to life. Well, welcome to another episode of Crossed Over. Thank you for joining us today. And uh, I got to be honest, I'm super excited about uh, our show today and the guests that we have on here. But before I get to that, uh, before I bring uh, this special guest on, I do want to give a shout out uh, to uh, River City Church in Vancouver, Washington, and their efforts to share the gospel, supported by a coffee business as well, Church Plant Coffee. Uh, Their tagline is Gospel Impact with Every Sip. Uh, For those of you that are watching on YouTube and Rumble, you can see the link on the screen. Uh, To my right, it is uh, there, churchplantcoffee.com. And of course, for those of you listening, that's the link. For those of you that love Jesus and love coffee, or even if you just love coffee, uh, support their efforts uh, there, the church planting efforts in the Pacific Northwest, uh, River City Church and Church Plant Coffee. I also want to take this time before we Uh, Bring our guest on to say, uh, subscribe. If you're listening on however you're listening, if you would like, if you would share, if you would subscribe this podcast, this show, that would really help me out and it would encourage many I know to get the word out about the good news of Jesus. Well, it's that time. It's episode four. I bring on today a good friend of mine, it is none other than Jonathan Bunden. Say hello, Dr. Bunden. What's going on? Good We're to see you all. So glad that you're here with us. Now, before you start talking, because you do uh, do have a great story, I'm looking forward to hearing from you today. Uh, but I got to share a little bit about uh, Jonathan Bunden. Jonathan is married to Heather. How long have you guys been married? Going on 19 years. Wow. Yeah, I think, I think you. I think you're gonna make it. I, th- I think you got think it. So. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure Heather wants to retrain anybody. <laughs> That's for sure. That's for well, sure. Uh, he is. Uh, he he married up like me. He outkicked his coverage in marriage, and uh, he uh, he has two wonderful kids. Blakely uh, is his daughter, the youngest, and his oldest is Caleb. And um, maybe we'll have another show. We'll we'll do a family show and bring them all on. Oh, that would be epic. Yes. I don't think we can fit all of my kids here on the screen. So we'll have to. That's good. Well, truth be known, uh, Jonathan, I can remember when he came here uh, to be our worship pastor at First Baptist Church because my wife uh, was about to give birth to our son, Zach, who turns 15. So Jonathan has been here almost 15 years. Where has the time gone? That's hard to believe. Un- yeah. Unbelievable. Well, Jonathan. Don't tell the other guys. Jonathan, perhaps maybe the funniest guy on staff. He makes me laugh constantly. I don't know what it is about worship pastors and the humor. Uh, your predecessor, Morris, was the same way. Uh, but thank you. for Jonathan has a bunch of hats that he likes to wear around the office. Literal and, uh, hats. Yes, literally different. hats. Yep, yep. Jonathan, uh, he, he loves to make me laugh. And he has a great beard. I mean, look at that. Uh, sorry for those of you listening. You can just imagine 
this beard that he can just grow in two days. I can't grow a beard, so uh, I'm a little beard envious. <laughs> Truth be known, uh, I love Jonathan the most on staff, perhaps because he introduced me to the peanut butter mocha from, yeah. uh, yep, from from Big Reds here in town. So thank you for that so much. It's like a liquid Reese's peanut butter cup. Mm. It's it's gorgeous. Mm. It's had cool. me at the first sip. Well, listen, we've got you on the show today, and uh, for those of you, perhaps, hopefully you've, those of you listening or watching have tuned in to some of our episodes, we like on Crossover to take the opportunity to introduce you to people who, uh, who are Jesus followers, who are Christians, and we want to take the time to interview them, to bring on, so you can hear their story. So Jonathan, today I'm excited for you to come on and and share a little bit about your story. Let's start back when you were a wee little thing in the hills of Tennessee. Uh, no, right. serious, seriously, share it with us a little bit about your childhood, where you grew up, about your family, and a little bit about, about maybe your childhood experiences that shaped you. Sure. And then just cut me off, uh, you know, if I need to move on, but uh, sounds good. Yeah, uh, I was uh, born and raised in Knoxville, Tennessee, and so I have been a Vol for life. Uh, I remember when they were when they were good at sports. Um, those those were uh, two good years that we had. Um, but uh, you know, we we grew up there in, in Tennessee, and you know, I just had such a wonderful upbringing, wonderful parents, uh, great siblings, two sisters. Um, we were involved in, in all sorts of sports. I was in, I was decent in one of those sports. Um, but you know, we had a lot of fun growing up uh, as a family. We do a lot of activities together. Uh, it was, it was important to, to be together as a family. So our meal times were, were very special. And, you know, I've carried that to, to my family, but, um, you know, that's where we really got to know each other more and check it on each other's day and, and how we were developing as, as children and as a family. Uh, I can still remember riding my bike till dark uh, around the circle and um, with the neighborhood kids. And we would play uh, Spotlight. Uh, basically, it's, it's uh, hide and go seek with a flashlight. And, uh, you, you know, that seems odd uh, in today's culture, but man, it was just a great place to, to raise a family. Great, great time to be a kid. Uh, and, and, you know, it, it helped me, I think, become a, a well-rounded person, um, who, who were, we were taught to respect others, to love others and, but also to have fun and to laugh. And so we, I, I think I get my, my sense of humor, um, somewhat from, from my family and, uh, my dad, but, uh, yeah, we had, we always had a good time and, uh, even, even through school. Now, one thing you didn't mention was you, you come from a singing family, a musical family. And I know, um, perhaps our, our audience may not know, but your father was, uh, and still served for a long time. still still serving, I think. As, as a music minister, worship pastor as well. Uh, share with us perhaps maybe the musical side of, of growing up. Yeah. Well, for the most part, we love music. Uh, now, uh, w with my father in ministry, oftentimes we are called on to do things 
you know, we, we may not want to do, um, setting up stages and, um, handbell tables and whatever. And then of course, dad doing revivals and singing different churches, the kids would come and tow and inevitably we would be singing something with, with him. And to look back now, it, it was a lot of fond memories, but, you know, we, we did a lot of singing and, uh, not only in church, but in, at the house on car rides, we would sing, um, and we would go to grandparents' house. They were within half an hour, 45 minutes from us. And so singing was a huge part of, of our family. Um, you know, even when we meet in meal together for meals, uh, Thanksgiving, Christmas, wherever we will sing the doxology, we'll sing the Lord bless you and keep you. So we're a singing family. Uh, but we, we learned to appreciate music and all styles of music. As you know, I like, I like hymns and modern choruses and black gospel. I, I really like that. And, uh, and so from one day to the next, from one moment to the next, we'd be listening and, and mom and dad helped me to learn to appreciate excellent music. And uh, so it was a lot of fun and we would sing, but there was not a, there was not a, an excessive amount of pressure to follow in their footsteps, if you, if you will, because mom and dad are both phenomenal musicians, but you know, a lot of it was natural. We did some uh, piano lessons and, and played some instruments and things like that, but uh, I didn't really feel like we were pushed in that direction um, like, like some might have been. Well, I'm sure um, anyone who's heard you sing knows that uh, those influences definitely passed on. And you're a gifted worship leader and a gifted uh, musician as well, beautiful voice. Um, speak a little, if you would, uh, Jonathan, about um, the faith foundation of your home. I mean, yeah. I know we said that your your, your dad was in the ministry, uh, is in the ministry, and that's a big part of it. You know, one would say that I know you would that you grew up in a Christian home where Jesus was really uh, there from the beginning since you were born. But speak to that, if you would, the role of faith that Christ played in your home and uh, the foundation that that provided for you when it became personal a little later on. Yeah. Uh, just like they didn't really push music on us, we, we developed a, a love for it. Um, I think in the ministry and, and being a, a preacher kid, they were very careful to make sure when we came to know the Lord that it was our choice um, because, you know, we knew the answers and we, but, but they wanted to make sure it was our decision. And uh, part of that is they were modeling their faith. They were living out their faith. It wasn't just to see them do their thing on Sunday and live a different way. No, mom and dad, they lived their faith out for us each day. And, and so it was never, you know, I wasn't, you know, five years old selling drugs on the street or anything like that. It was really just a natural progression for me, um, modeling for my parents and and the the Bible study and, and devotion time with them to coming to a, a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And that was, uh, I was seven years old. And so as, as best as a seven-year-old could understand the gospel, and what Christ had done for me, 
that um, that became real, and I accepted Jesus as my Savior. But you know, throughout that process, it really wasn't until high school, uh, definitive um, moment. It was an evangelist who um, we were. It was a J. Harold Smith revival, and to that point, we had had a lot of other revivals, and and it was um, to the point where. Not, not to doubt your faith, that wasn't their purpose, but, but with uh, J. Harold Smith, he really made it simple and, and clean of, of what Christ did for us and what is our response. And I still remember standing in the high school auditorium, and, and that was the moment where I said, okay, God, I get it. And so I came to a fuller understanding of Christ's love and sacrifice for, for me, and um, also uh, what my purpose was in life, and that was really to glorify God and however He He chose for me. Yeah. Well, I think um, you know you would probably agree with me that you know being a Christian, part of part of that story is you know when you choose to follow Jesus, and um, but but a lot of being a Christian is also the life. That God continues to pour in you um, as you as you live, as you grow, as you get older, as you live your life, so to speak. So we know that you know becoming a Christian is not just about walking the church aisle. It's not just about following a baptism. Those are parts of it, mm-hmm. uh, but it's continuing in the Lord. It's it's God um, growing you and making you into um, more and more like Jesus. So as a Christ follower, you shared a little bit of of that decision, maybe perhaps as a teenager, really the Lordship was uh, really solidifying itself in your life. How did you continue to see God um, pour his life into you? What were perhaps some of the ways that you saw God changing you? You know, one of the verses we talk in our key verse is John 5, 24, that when you believe in Jesus, you know, you have eternal life. You crossed over uh, from, from death to life. How did you see Jesus impacting your life as you finished out high school, into your college years, and, and even a little beyond? Yeah, well, it's interesting because um, I had, I guess you call them stepping stones. I like to think of the uh, Indiana Jones, The Last Crusade, and and uh, Indiana Jones trying to save his dad. Played Don't by do it. Sean- Don't yeah. <laughs> Sean Connery. Yes. Uh, so, so, um, and he had to make that leap of faith, that step out into the unknown. And I think with, with, uh, my, my Christian journey, I felt like it was one step. I, I saw just enough ahead, but not the whole, whole shoot match. Because if, if, if you told me this is where I would be today, you know, I, w- I would have thought you were crazy or I would have tried to run the other way. Um, but you know, High school, I wanted to be a football player. I, I played football, and I wanted to. I wanted to play for UT. I mean, there's not many five foot eight guys out there playing uh, professional football. Um, but I, I hurt my back, ended my career, and so I was bummed about that. But that allowed um, another stepping stone to to uh, minister to widows uh, specifically, but others uh, through lawn and landscape, which turned into another stepping stone to pay for college and, and even uh, majoring in music 
at, at Carson Newman, and, which would have probably not happened um, had I not broken my back. And so I, I get there and I meet this beautiful young lady and we became fast best friends for four years. Uh, and that was Miss Heather Hogan. And I remember the uh, when we started dating, uh, took her out to eat and and my exact words were on the first date. Uh, well, I guess if we're going to get married, we better start dating. And so that's that set it up. But, you know, we were best friends. She was in music and she has been my partner. But again, that's another way that that I'd seen God work in in my life. And it may have not been lightning bolt and he didn't speak to me audibly. But it's amazing how when when you're obedient and I'm not saying I'm perfect, uh, far from it. And I wasn't always obedient, but how God shows himself in so many ways. And so I can see from high school to uh, kind of a call in ministry, at least in music through uh, a centrifuge encounter uh, to, to college and seeing opportunities to lead uh, worship bands at, at BSU and, and chapel band and, and help with some others uh, opportunities that later and, and today I'm still using the skills that, uh, you know, I might have not had an opportunity at another uh, college or certainly if I had gone in another direction. So um, from that, uh, Heather and I, we, we were dating best friends through college and then we, we were married and then off we went to seminary. But again, woo, yeah, seminary was not... Uh, it really wasn't, I didn't think of it necessarily, but again, it was one step. And had God said, Jonathan, as a middle schooler, you're, later you're going to go to seminary, I would have said, no, I don't think so. Um, I'm going to be a Walmart employee or, or, or whatever, uh, cowboy. Uh, and so it was neat to see how God conditioned uh, my heart each step of the way that led me to to seminary, to Beeson and uh, Samford. Hmm. Well, um, is as you're um, you your college years, as you head off to seminary as a newlywed, um, you guys end up a number of years later after a couple of seminary degrees, uh, moving to Kings Mountain. God led you guys here, and I'm, I'm so grateful that He did. Um, you know, I think one of the misconceptions that some people out there have um, is that, oh, they think if you're a Christian, life's going to be perfect and, and life's going to be um, without challenges and without difficulties. Mm. Of course, I know, I know you don't agree with that, but one of the things that, that I'm amazed at is how God will carry us yeah. and sustain us and part of the life that God pours into us, and I've experienced this too, is that almost when life is most difficult, it seems that we experience the life of Jesus more. Maybe it's just more more tangible. So as time allows, and Jonathan, as you feel led, uh, share with us um, a little bit about your journey with you and Heather and even starting a family, and how you saw God, and how your faith in Christ really sustained you guys through some of those challenges. Yeah, you know, I, I have a scar on my on my pinky from from college. I put my hand through 
a glass. I wasn't, it wasn't in anger. It was more doing something stupid. Uh, but that scar reminds me of that. And I, I feel like uh, our journey, Heather and, and my journey, uh, there are some scars. But as I look back, I think of God, how God sustained us through that. And one was with all the miscarriages, uh, just shy of um, the MDiv or the MM, one of them. Uh, we experienced our first pregnancy and our first miscarriage. And then we experienced our second pregnancy and second miscarriage. And uh, both of that, those were when we were in Birmingham. And it was devastating. You know, one time you think, okay, that's that's that that just happens. Two times now you're going, what in the world is going on? And um, but through that, those two tragedies, um, we were able to minister to some folks that uh, had gone through similar experiences, and they were bitter. They were mad at God, and uh, and so, though I would not wish that on us again, and you know, consequently, as you know. Uh, up here, we, we had several others. So we've had seven miscarriages. and uh, But, you know, I wouldn't trade the, the experience or the understanding that we gained, both from a perspective of we were able to minister to people that we would not have been able to minister to because um, their scars looked like ours a little bit. And, and we got to show, we got to share our scars and as a result, we got to share Christ. And the um, again, it was it was like you had mentioned. Sometimes when we deal with pain, it's more tangible. Uh, I felt closer to the Lord saying, you know, I I, I hurt with you. Um, uh, this world is this world messed up, but know this, I am still with you. And so. Uh, you know, my, my life has not been perfect. I know uh, we've had a great upbringing. But as you know, um, the Christian walk is not without difficulty. And some some challenges are greater than others. Some people have to deal with more tragedy and more frustration and more trials than others. And, and then um, only by God's grace uh, have I, am I where I am today. Um, so, you know, I, I think, I, I think too often people, people hear, you know, come to Jesus. Everything's going to be great. So it's, it's, everybody's going to be great. Nope. Uh, you know, um, Heather's dad died of cancer, great Christian guy. Um, and we experienced, um, tragedies and pain in our life. Uh, but the, the important thing was that God was with us every single step and as a result of that we've been able to minister to to several both in Birmingham and Knoxville and, and here in Kings Mountain we spent uh, I, I don't know if, uh, if we were going to talk about this I forgot to mention Caleb and Blakely two great gifts from God but they, they spent months in the in the NICU I mean Caleb was no bigger than a Subway sandwich and uh, you know two and a half pounds but even in that crazy, hectic time, God was watching uh, out for us. We were in Knoxville UT Med Center, uh, a great teaching hospital, and they had some life-saving uh, techniques and new things that three years later when Blakely was born in Gastonia, 
uh, they were just now implementing some of these. Mm. And so it's just, it was amazing to see um, God's plan and all that. And so, um, yeah, there was, it was a lot. And, and really, I think it's important for the Christian walk, Christians to remember that we weren't walking alone. Um, uh, I, I really feel that's when, like Jeff and I, we bonded. Um, we, were, we were brothers in Christ, but man, we were brothers in prayer together and our staff and our church because when, when the kids were, were born and they were in the hospital, we were away. Man, the church acted like the church. They took us in. They took our kids in. And so they've truly adopted us. We were, we were kindred spirits in that, in that fight and that prayer warriors. And so, man, I, I, I wouldn't have traded that um, result for anything. Mm, I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. I know sometimes we go through hardships um, and we want to keep it to ourselves. And I think particularly as Christians, I think it's important to share the moments when you were vulnerable and and it's been difficult because, uh, like you said, you, you can really point to the goodness of God and how he ministered to you. You know, one of the things that uh, we've seen, my wife and I have seen, is God's peace. Um, you mentioned his presence, but just when when things around, you know, in life seem to be so difficult, uh, yeah. that, that God's peace just seems to transcend. I mean, it's, um, it's kind of like in Philippians 4. It's like, in the, you know, peace God kind of God. guards our hearts and minds in Christ. Yeah. When we, uh, we, we we keep our focus on Him, and wow, God ministers to us. I appreciate you sharing that. Um, yeah. As we kind of begin to wrap up, Jonathan, one of the things that I, that I would like you to speak to, maybe as a word of encouragement or challenge, I know I've talked to many people through years of ministry, and some some Christians feel like they don't have much of a story. They, they feel like, well, I, I grew up kind of like you in a Christian home, and I've always loved Jesus and, and been around the church. And I, like you said, I wasn't, didn't go to jail, didn't have drug problems or whatever it may be. Is there a, a, maybe a word to, to someone out there who may be discouraged, yeah. thinking they don't have quite as attractive of a story of faith? Yeah. Absolutely. Well, and I and I felt that way for a long time. We we would have evangelists, and they, you know, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And then I saw Jesus, but then they made their their sinful life sound so incredible, <laughs> rather than focus on the transformative power of Christ. And so that's that was what I thought a testimony needed to be. Um, but in in truth, everyone's story is their story. It is it is how God sought you, found you, and your acceptance of Him, and changed your life. And that's your story. It's unique. It's, it's just as unique as the creation which God uh, made you to be. And so uh, pride may not be there, but, but don't be ashamed of, of your testimony uh, because, because your testimony is going to... Um, minister in ways that the mind may not to someone else. Um, just like helping those with miscarriages, your, your story, your journey will impact others. And I think that's what makes your testimony so special and why it's so important to, to tell others. And, and don't ever be ashamed because uh, 
there was nothing simple. And when you say, well, I've just got a simple testimony, there's nothing simple about that, about Jesus giving his life, coming for, for you, coming for us. And so um, so give your testimony with joy, with, with gladness. Uh, and, and I know you, you won't, you won't regret it. Mm. A good word. That'll preach. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, listen, I think it's time. It's time to begin to wrap it up. Jonathan brother. Thank you. I appreciate yes. you as a friend and uh, you and your wife are dear friends of, of uh, mine and Aaron's and so grateful that uh, we've been partners in ministry for a long time and, uh, so grateful that God sent you guys to Kings Mountain, brought you here, and uh, appreciate your ministry leading us as a church and worship, uh, leading us to God's heart each week. Absolutely, man. It's been a pleasure, and thank you for this this podcast. I mean, just like our testimony, this is reaching people that otherwise may not have experienced the gospel. So that's that's awesome. Well, honored to do it, and thank you so much, and look forward to having you back one day. Yes. Please do. We'll do our, uh, I'll wear different hats and we can do uh, vocal impressions. So, so I'll, I'll get it. on that. <laughs> All right, brother. Good to see you. Thank you for sharing today. Take care. Well, I do thank Jonathan for, for coming on and sharing um, his story, sharing about uh, how he has crossed over from death to life. And just want to um, remind you, or perhaps if this is the first time you've tuned in to Crossed Over. The inspiration for this show, for this podcast, comes from John 5, 24, uh, where Jesus says this, his words, Very truly I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged, but is crossed over from death to life. Uh, so I'm so thankful that Jonathan was able to come on and share a story of um, just a great foundation of faith that he grew up in, that God blessed him with, uh, with a mom and dad that loved Jesus and poured their faith into their children. And how I know Jonathan personally, Jonathan's doing the same with his family as well. What an encouragement to me. Um, I'm grateful that you've tuned in today. And before we kind of close out, I do want to say, um, for those of you listening, if you would take the time to like, to share, to subscribe on whatever whatever um, place you're listening or watching, help us get the word out about the good news of Jesus, the hope we have in Jesus Christ. So please take the time to listen, like, share, and subscribe um, to the Crossover Show. Well, as we wrap it up, um, for those of you that, that may be unclear, uh, Jesus came. He came so you would have life. If you have questions about Jesus, there's so many resources out there online. You can reach out to us here at First Baptist Church in Kings Mountain. We would love to have the opportunity to share a little bit more of the message, the good news of Jesus Christ. I was reading the other day in my devotion time in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And Paul, who wrote the letter um, in 1 Corinthians, said, We hold this of most importance, that Jesus, He came, He died on a cross, and He rose again. And that is, in a nutshell, the good news of Jesus. That before we even were, God had a plan to redeem us, to bring us out of our brokenness and sin. And that plan involved His Son, Jesus. And He sent His Son, Jesus, 
to come live a perfect, sinless life that would one day be put on a cross, a cruel criminal's cross, and he would give his life, shed his blood, so that you and I could be forgiven of our sin. When we turn to Jesus and put our hope and trust, that is good news today. You know what? We live in a day and age where we need hope. And hope has a name. It's Jesus. So as long as you have breath in your lungs, you have hope because you can have Jesus. Thank you for joining with us today on the show and podcast. And until next time, uh, take care. We'll see you.